Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. It's a free kick at least and maybe a yellow card too. McDougie's been booked. Nine-man Tottenham. Chelsea are going to have to be a whole lot better on for the hat-trick here. Does Jackson go for himself or does he go for Mudrick? He goes for himself and he walks it in. Money FM 89.3. How about that for a crazy football derby uh, out of London? Uh, I, I, I didn't expect that scoreline. Yeah, neither did I. I think the scoreline is harsh on Spurs. But I think I mentioned yesterday, I really look forward to Monday Night Football because it comes with Sky Sports pre-match show. And there they have the heavy hitters of Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher discussing all mm. about the weekend. But yesterday, the match itself lived up to the billing, right? I mean... Talk about crazy 90 minutes, crazy 45 minutes, nine VAR checks across 45 minutes. Well, that 45 minutes became 50 over minutes. So that first half was really way too long. I mean, if you ask me, I'm just going to put it out there. It was a horrible game of football. Yeah. And and I'm channeling the Mikel Arteta. It's, yeah. it's really incredibly ridiculous. I think I, I disagree there. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you in terms of chaos. And I can see why you would say... It's so stop-start, right? But yes. the reason I think sport is what it is is because it's unscripted drama and oh, yesterday sure, was sure. drama at its peak. And I know a lot is said about VAR, mm. but at some point, we need to discuss how long these decisions are taking to be made, right? Because Fair. that then adds on your crazy amount of extra time at yeah. the end of the first half. I, I don't get it. Okay, so I found it ridiculous uh, right from the equaliser from uh, Moises Caicedo. Of course, in the lead-up to that was a foul. Uh, Cristiano Romero on uh, Enzo Fernandez. Extremely irresponsible tackling there. But normally what you do is, okay, Caicedo has scored, you give the goal. But he backtracks the entire thing. Oh, no. First, I need to send off this guy. And then we need to put a, a penalty, that kind of thing. I mean, it doesn't make sense I, to me. I think... I There's think the flow. I, I agree with you. The flow is slightly ruined. But because, to your point, it was such a serious flower. I mean, we know yeah, Romero was, has that streak yeah, in him. Yeah, yeah. I'm extra surprised by that challenge because it was on his compatriot. Both of them obviously play for Argentina. Sure, and sure. I know club rivalry takes centre stage. But surely you give face a bit to your no, international it, yeah. teammate. Heat of the moment, I guess. But I think correct yeah. decision in the end because... That tackle, like we talked about the knock-on effect, right? So it had an impact on how the ball dropped to mm, Casiedo. Mm. And I thought, in terms of the man in the middle, Michael Oliver, if there's anyone who can leave their head held high, I think it's Michael Oliver. Because I think despite all the controversy that we are talking about, he handled it pretty well and it was chaos, right? He so was, it's he was very to cool, which yeah. is what you want to see in a referee. Which uh, I cannot uh, say about the Arsenal referee because yes. I felt the Arsenal-Newcastle referee almost played the occasion and yes. poked the fire a bit more. I'm with you on that. And then yes. that had a knock-on effect on how the players were feeling as well. But yes. we'll talk about the Arsenal game in a bit. As I mentioned, nine VAR checks in the first half and VAR already taking centre stage. You would think... Ange Postacoglu, the Tottenham manager, would have something bad to say about VAR. But it seems like he's threading a fine line between he's okay with it and maybe not so okay with it. Have a listen. We're going to go out there complaining about decisions every week. What's going to happen is what happened today. There'll be forensic sort of study of every decision that goes on out there. And I just think that's the way the game's going. I don't like it, but you know what? I'm, I could be a lone voice. I keep being told that that's, uh, that's the way forward, but... You know, I, I just, you know, when you look at how much standing around we need, we had to do today, um, I don't know, maybe people enjoy that kind of thing, I don't, 
rather see us playing football. At some point, we've got to accept the referee's decision. You know, that's how I grew up. Yeah, and I keep saying that, and I said that last time. You know, this constant erosion of referees' authorities. Well, this is where the game's going to get. They're not going to have any authority, and um, it's going to get diminished. And we're going to be in the control of somebody a few miles away watching a TV screen. So. Decision's a decision, you know. You, you either accept it or you don't. I've, I've always been in the camp. You accept it. I've had, some, trust me, in 26 years, I've had plenty of bad ones. I've had plenty that have fallen in my favour. It is what it is. Who doesn't want to work for Ange Postacoglu right now? At the moment, I wouldn't mind working for Ange Postacoglu because he speaks with his heart on his sleeve and that came across in that soundbite as well in yep. terms of Setting that perspective, yes, yep. he's unhappy with how VAR is probably getting in the way of the beautiful game, but he accepts that this is the way forward. Okay, I, I do want to talk about the game uh, at some point. You talk about, okay, so Chelsea have beaten Spurs 4-1. Does this mean that, uh, and for the first time, I believe they're back in the top 10. Uh, is it good? Um, Spurs missed out on the chance to leapfrog Manchester City. Is it bad? We'll get to that. But let's stick with this VAR conversation. Gary Neville had something quite uh, strong to say about it. Yeah, he's not one to shy away from saying the difficult things. I think because of his club allegiances, he's gaining a bit of flack on social media, probably accusing him of biased opinions. But I think he comes across quite fair here, speaking in the pre-match of the Sky Sports uh, coverage of the game last night, talking about Arsenal's statement backing Mikel Arteta. I think the Arsenal statement is quite dangerous. I think all clubs have signed up to a new behavioural charter at the start of the season. I'm not saying that referees shouldn't be put under pressure and that Mikel Arteta or other managers shouldn't feel aggrieved at the end of matches. What I am saying is that the clubs themselves should definitely behave better in these circumstances. And I'm, I'm looking at the Premier League now, really, and the leadership in the Premier League, because the reality of it is they've got to start to protect referees. At the very beginning, I was excited by the new transparency, the, the apologies to, to managers and the fact that the referees were communicating with the clubs. But in return, what they're getting is significantly and seriously undermined by their own clubs. And I think the Premier League have to get this in order. And the other clubs, to be fair, have to get the clubs in order who are writing these letters. Because I think this is uncharted territory, the idea of these letters being written. I mean, to me, it feels like Mikel Arteta has gone off on one on Saturday, which is fine. He's emotional. And he's almost gone to his board on the Sunday and said, you need to buy me you need to now go and basically say and, and, and they've fallen for it Arsenal as an institution as a football club a massive great wonderful football club with huge history they should behave better than that and they'll feel disappointed I think in a few years the directors of that club or whoever it is that has sanctioned that statement and I do think the Premier League have to come down on their clubs I know the Premier League is the clubs but I do think they have to now really say to the clubs come on we expect a lot better than this Gary Neville speaking on Sky Sports there. Okay, so we've got three parts to get through. First, the referee and a couple of points that were made by Gary Neville. So it's Ange Postacoglu uh, in the sense that they're going to be undermined now. We'll talk about Spurs and Chelsea and then we'll get back to Arsenal. This has got a bit of longevity, eh? Yeah, exactly. Three, three-prong three approach, a bit like the VAR check for Arsenal-Newcastle in the first place. But let's talk about that point about credibility, right? I do think... The referee's authority is being undermined slightly with this constant questioning. And that's where I agree with what Postacoglu and Neville are saying. Because, yes, they have made a mistake. And on multiple occasions, they've come out and apologised to clubs. I guess then the argument will be, what's the point of apologising? Mm. Because points have been dropped. Yeah. But there is certain level of decorum that these clubs need to hold themselves accountable to, right? And I think that's the point that Gary Neville is trying to make because you are in uncharted waters if you continuously are going down the road of 
making these bold statements, calling out referees, questioning their credibility. And I think I stand by my point that there's two sides to this. If the decision goes for you, yeah. you're not going to complain. Yeah, I, I completely uh, agree with you on that. And, and I think it does undermine the referees as well in the sense that uh, you now have a series of ammunition to use against referees. And it doesn't help that, you know, at the start, Howard Webb is sending all these apologies. Wait, I understand it's nice that an authority should communicate, but at the end of the day, an authority needs to be seen as an authority. It needs to be seen as neutral. When you start apologizing, you know, what happens then? Yeah, 100%. And that feeds that whole ecosystem of then where do, does the authority draw the line and make the difficult decisions yeah. almost, right? Yeah. So I think I take your point completely there. And I think Gary Neville makes a very fair point in the sense where players are being extra careful with the way they remonstrate with yeah. the referee because they're being clamped down on. Mm. And that's happened this year where yellow cards are bandied out for bad behaviour on the pitch, shall we call it. Mm. And then the clubs are actually partaking in this bad behaviour by putting out these grandiose yeah. statements yeah. as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's difficult. It, it, it is difficult. But, you know, aside from all of that, have we seen... What have we seen and learned from Chelsea against uh, Tottenham Hotspurs? Boster Coglu did say that even if they were down to like five men, they would still play the same in terms of that defensive high line. And I think that's why we all kind of are a little bit charmed by Boster Coglu because of he says it as it is. This is the identity and we know what we're going to get from Spurs. Whereas with Chelsea, I mean, so what if they won? Yeah, exactly, right? I think with Postacoglu, it's live by the sword, die yeah. by the sword, right? He's and people very, love it. <laughs> exactly, he's very principle-driven. And I think Spurs, despite losing 4-1, look, the scoreline does not flatter yeah. Spurs at all. It flatters Chelsea very yeah, much. Yeah. Two goals were scored late into injury time, so it could have been either way. And at 2-1, Spurs could have equalised with the gung-ho approach they were taking as well. Yeah. For Chelsea, though, I think it's an important result because for Pochettino, going into the match, he himself admitted that he doesn't feel that affinity with Chelsea fans yeah. yet. And winning a London derby helps you gain Personally, that affinity. Yeah, and yeah. before yesterday's match, I was talking to one of our friends, Deepen, and he mentioned... Nicholas Jackson doesn't look the part as the man to lead this Chelsea line. So for Nicholas Jackson to go out and get a hat-trick, that's going to do his confidence a whole lot yeah. of good. And possibly that could do Chelsea's season a whole lot of good because it doesn't get easier for them. I'm looking at their next three games, Chelsea. They play Man City, mm. Newcastle, mm. Brighton and <laughs> Manchester United. So... This was an important result going into a difficult string of fixtures. Well, you and Deepan are the only ones who think uh, Nicholas Jackson doesn't look the part. Uh, they really need a proper striker. And, and you're right. It's it's good for confidence that he's gotten a hat-trick. But again, it doesn't show anything as far as this Chelsea project is concerned. I think that uh, even though Spurs fans will see their team lose to Chelsea, they'd be happy because that swashbuckling style is exactly what they want in, in, the, in their side. Yeah, and I, I, I often think that you learn more from defeats than yeah. victories. I think Postacoglu has had a bit of a honeymoon period where things sure. have fallen in place for him. He's got his team scoring a couple of late goals to yeah. get that winning feeling going. Mm. Now is the real test in terms yeah. of bouncing yeah. back from this defeat. They're going to be without two players for who's a crucial part of that backline yeah. for a few games. So this is a test for Postacoglu. I expect that Spurs will come back stronger for it. Whether they win the Premier League or not, that's a difficult question, but I think they'll be there or thereabouts in the top four at least. The conversation still continues with regard to the whole idea of VAR. Just looking... At, so, before we, we, we dive into that aspect of, of VAR, uh, I do have a question. 
would you have rather seen human error in this game considering the amount of disallowed goals? Would you have been okay if there was human error? Say, I don't know, say Son Heung-min's goal counted or Eric Dyer's goal counted. It was pretty sweet volley, by the way. I don't think... I can put my hand up and say I would have rather seen human error because then what's the point of technology? Mm. And it felt like yesterday was a culmination for VAR to be put under that pressure test almost. <laughs> After it, the weekend, failed, I, I thought it did okay yesterday, <laughs> okay, by the okay. way. I thought in terms of everything that happened over the weekend, the flag they faced, the heat, the eyeballs, I thought VAR came through yesterday. And I know we're talking about Chelsea fans celebrating this 4-1 victory, right? I think Arsenal fans... I would think they would be celebrating because their North London rivals dropped three points. Yeah. But it seems like they're still caught up over the weekend. I caught up with one such Arsenal fan, Eddie Hirono. Here's what he had to say about the weekend's debacle. I think Arsenal have every right to feel hard done by. It was a tough game. The margins at the top are so fine. But this was a blatantly wrong decision because of the second element of the three-part VAR check. Right? So two hands in the back, outstretched, pushing downwards. It's a foul in any league. So a penalty was given for a lot less when Rasmus Hoyland put Rodri back in the penalty box just last week. But I tell you what, it's not just Arsenal who should be annoyed. Everyone in the league should be. VAR has amazingly plunged to greater depths. No one thought it could get worse. Well, it has. Gary Neville says everyone makes mistakes. I have two points in response to that. First point, managers make mistakes, they get sacked. Players make mistakes, they get roundly mocked like Harry Maguire. They get moved on or, you know, when the next contract comes around, there'll be a pay reduction. But there are no such consequences for referees. Sure, they go to a championship game, but after after that, guess what? They're back in the Premier League after a while. Second point, there are mistakes that people make and then there are mistakes. This was a mistake, right? So remember, like, Spurs-Liverpool was farcical. Brentford Arsenal where Lee Mason forgot to draw the lines. That's farcical. Right? I accept the Newcastle error is not on the same level, but the cumulative nature of these mistakes means that something has to change. Because you make an apology, but where's the tangible steps to improve? So start with the low-hanging fruit. How about touchline cameras? How can there be no camera there to assess if the ball has crossed the line? Right? How about conflicts of interest? How can the VAR team have someone who has been paid by the Saudi PIF to officiate matches in Saudi League and yet also officiate a match against Newcastle owned by the Saudi PIF? It's not a good look at all. I got a response for Eddie. Can you imagine if we had these sensors for offside? I mean, just looking at offside, you have these like maybe green laser line. Huh? And then uh, the moment you go offside, ding! But the problem is if your 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 big toe is bigger than the rest of your feet. <laughs> I mean, another problem. This, this might show my age, but the scene in Entrapment comes to mind, right? Yeah, when, exactly. When they squeeze through that. No, but I think Eddie makes some fair points in terms of goal line cameras, uh, touchline cameras rather. I go one step further in terms of goal line technology, deciding if the ball crossed the line or not. Employ that same technology around the perimeter of the pitch just to make sure things are black or white. But with VAR, I think it's always going to be grey. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.